What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Shoot or Pass podcast, and we have got some hot news fresh off the press. We will get into the James Harden trade on this episode. As always, my name is Chevy. You can find me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter. And let's get straight to introducing my guest here, Robbie Gabe. Welcome. James Harden has been traded. What's going on, guys? How do you feel? What are you doing with your lives? <laughs> what a start to the year 2021. Guys, Finally, right? the and dumpster fire party scheduled for July at Prospect Park in Brooklyn just got bigger. Pun <laughs> may or may not be intended there. Woo. Look at Robbie. Coming this better event. Happy because she predicted the dumpster fire and is here. Wow, we got a lot to talk about, man. Unfortunately, it's a lot of, like, I guess, not about the actual games. And we're going to be talking about here about the James Harden trade. Obviously, a little bit into Kyrie, his situation. Uh, but welcome, guys. It's so glad to have you guys back. Um, ladies and gentlemen, where, where the people can find you guys at? Robbie, Gabe? At Robin Hood with an H and a Y. By now, you should know where the H and the Y goes on the gram and Twitter. Big dog, Gabe XL across both platforms. Yeah. Big dog. <laughs> oh man, guys. Where where do we even start? I mean, the NBA, right? It's always this yes. circus of drama. Um, man, wow. Whew. Well, anyways, we have we we are recording this at a very good, convenient time here. So let's, let's start off the show here a little bit about this trade. We'll get into shooter pass uh here eventually and give you guys some studs and duds so far of the season. But um, James Harden is officially a Brooklyn net. Joins Kyrie Irving and his good old partner Kevin Durant from back in the OKC days here. The Rockets involved with the trade obviously receive Victor Oladipo, which basically Indiana had traded for Karis LeVert, but they flipped Oladipo for Karis LeVert. And uh, the Rockets will receive Dante Exum, uh, a gentleman named Rodinius. Karukas, if I say that right. Robbie, you can always uh, look that up and tell the people I said that wrong. Then there's also three first-round picks from Brooklyn, one first-round pick from Milwaukee via Cleveland, and four first-round pick swaps from Brooklyn. Um, The Indiana Pacers got involved with this. They get Karis LeVert in a second-round pick, and somehow the Cleveland Cavaliers snuck in and took Jared Allen to add another seven-footer to their roster, which they now have three, and uh, Terion Prince. Uh, is officially a Cleveland Cavalier. Whew. Well, that was a whole lot there to describe. Um, obviously, more or less, you know, we're looking at Brooklyn to, to concentrate on this trade here and mostly, um, excuse me, Houston as well. So, you know, two teams that uh, obviously have had a lot of discussions. So I, I mean, guys, I feel like this was on the table. I think it's obvious that a lot of this was on the table. It just was a matter of like when, right? Like when was this going to happen here? Um Robbie, we'll start with you. Initial reactions, winners, losers of this trade? Well, it, it wasn't even about – at first it was like, okay, when is this going to happen? And then some time went by, and it seems like, you know, these trade talks between the Rockets and the Nets got stalled for a little bit. Frankly, I think that Kyrie Irving and James Harden conspired to make this shit happen. And, you know, mm. maybe the reason why – talks got stalled for a little bit there is because the Rockets probably wanted Kyrie. The Nets might have considered it. And Kyrie said, "Mm -mm -mm, 
and fell off the face of the planet without telling anybody. And then when the Rockets started entertaining offers from other teams, James Harden wasn't happy with that because he wanted to go to Brooklyn and join his buddies. So he checked out too. The damsels in distress act was the last ditch effort into making this happen. And it fucking worked. Wow. Remember how Kyrie called the media pawns? Yeah, listen. Kyrie is a fucking Queen's Gambit, okay? He's a fucking Queen's Gambit. I don't know what James is. I I have yet to determine. I don't know if he's a pawn or whatever, but I'm telling you, Kyrie Kyrie is playing fucking chess. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what happens now. Is Kyrie going to suddenly come back and act like nothing happened? Is is James Harden going to magically start averaging 25-plus points per game again? What the fuck is the defense going to look like for the Brooklyn Nets? So. Facts, facts. Yeah, I, hands down. Gabe, how about you? Initial reactions on this trade, man. I mean, like I said, we know Depot wanted out of Indiana, so he got his wish, wish essentially. And James Harden's been a mess all offseason. But I really enjoyed DeMarcus Cousins today pretty much throwing shade at him. Or not shade, but pretty much saying he was, you know, a bitch from the start. Because, you know, Harden said, he told the media that, oh, we can't beat the Lakers in a, in a playoff series. That's so disrespectful to Wall and DeMarcus. Like, dude, like, come on, those are your teammates. And you just flat out say that. So, you know, he, he had this plan. It took longer to get to it. But I'm glad it finally happened because he was a toxic uh, mess in that locker room. Um, but as far as the other guys are concerned, I mean, I like the Pacers getting Levert. I think that's a good fit. Um, um, he replaces Depot. I think he's a better player at this stage in their careers. Agreed, uh, agreed. Rockets with Depot. So, I mean, that doesn't do much because you got Wall and Cousins and uh, Wood taking all the usage. So, we'll see how that works out. And the Cavaliers part was just puzzling. I don't know if it was like a contract dump. I, I don't know why you know, another big guy is it's kind of crazy. But other than no, we don't know how really the losers yet because it's too early to say. But yeah, I'm just glad it happened and we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. You gotta imagine that the Cavaliers are gonna shop Andre Drummond and Kevin Love around. I forgot about Love. There's too many things. Obviously, Brooklyn has three superstars now. It is what it is. Um, the Rockets, I was disappointed that, you know, they flipped Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo. I mean, essentially, like, if you really want to enter rebuilding mode, okay, that's great. You flip Oladipo, rent him for one year. He can still technically walk away at the end of this season from you. So, you know, I, I don't know. DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall is not your future. <laughs> I mean, we know that, right, guys? Like, they're not going to be your future. Obviously, you have all these draft picks now. So they essentially become in that same pool of teams like Boston. And then basically sit there and have all these draft picks. But what does Boston have to show for it, right? Like, it's taken a while for them to get back to the top and stay at the top. They haven't had any kind of NBA championships, no NBA finals appearances. So, again, for me, I'm not a big fan of trading for all these draft picks. You just don't know what's going to pan out. So I'm I'm not a fan of that. To me, the Rockets just enter rebuilding mode at this point. Um, Dante Exum, I mean, I'll be honest and transparent. I don't even know who the heck... Karukas is, I mean, or if I'm saying his name right. So, you know, for the Rockets, for me, I, I can say right now, easily they're, they're losers. They lose Karis LeVert because you could have had a nice little core with Christian Wood, Karis LeVert, 
you know, DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall kind of ride their tail in their careers off and just kind of get some other young talent in. But now you're just going to have Victor Oladipo walking empty, potentially. Yeah, it doesn't fit. Um, lo- I love it for, for Indiana, though, Gabe. I can agree with that, man. I really like Karis LeVert. I agree. He's a, I think he's a better player than Oladipo right now. And next to, you know, and Miles Turner's been looking good. Um, you got you still got TJ Warren and then my guy, my guy Malcolm Brogdon. So I like I like Indiana. And some ball, it, at Indiana again. I remember guys, there that that's a sleeper team out there east for me. So I like this so far, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I I think I think the the Indiana Pacers fared pretty well, and we'll talk more about them later on in the show. But yeah, um, the pack later because <laughs> now I got Victor Oladipo <laughs> wanted to leave anyway, so might as well. <laughs> get an upgrade for him while you can. And they got Karis LeVert. I would say that's a pretty good pickup. Here's here's something that, that has me a little, like, puzzled. Because the way that Kyrie Irving and James Harden went about this was not very professional. Like, none of us would be able to engineer this kind of shit in our day jobs. Granted, we don't produce millions of dollars for our companies that we know of. But, you know, still, it's it, – it, I just – I can't necessarily get behind the way this went down. Um, another interesting thing to note, Katie, Kyrie, and James Harden have player options on the final year of their contracts. And they can all become unrestricted free agents after next season. And you, you go back to saying the Nets traded away – all of their first round draft picks for the foreseeable future. If they don't win a title with it this season or next season, the Nets are going to be even more fucked than the Clippers are, right? Yeah. They're going to, they, what do they do? They just repeated uh, the whole Boston Big Three scenario again. Well, well the big two. It's the second reincarnation of the Big Three. But guess, who, <laughs> but guess who's looking at them now taking notes? LeBron James, they actually have a big three now in Brooklyn. Now, whether it works or not, that's to be seen. But still, it's a big three. So yeah, yep, a- yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and Robbie, to go back to your point, I agree with you absolutely. There, the way they went about it, it's it's strange, right? Like you like you mentioned, does Kyrie come back and act like nothing happened at all? I mean, I I gotta agree. It's just we're just in an era and a time where you know it, it's happening, and we're like, holy shit. It really is happening. It, these guys really are dandel in distress. And hey, I'm, I, I showed up to. What did James Harden say? I showed up and I try to do as much as I can for the city. And sorry, it ain't gonna work. Peace. I mean, it is what it is. But Brooklyn is Brooklyn's popping. At least for now, they're gonna be under the bright lights. And then, uh, you know, and the thing is too, Robbie is what's interesting about the whole Kyrie situation is that you know, for once. I would say I entertain the idea objectively that maybe, you know what, let's just give Kyrie a break for once. Oh, yeah, me too. I was like, I'm going to give him a benef- the benefit of the doubt. But then this video came out of him at a party, not wearing a mask, dancing with his sister. Um, and then he was like in Zoom meetings and shit. So, I, I mean, it's weird. Yeah, I, it's what weird. What's going on here? I actually have a question for you guys, because I know you guys are a little older than me. And you guys are a little more old school. Wow. And- <laughs> Categorizing I, mean that, I mean that in the nicest way possible. My What's elders. Uh, I, I saw this interesting comparison. Well, 
this interesting thing on Reddit. So we've talked about, you know, how how eccentric, per se, that Kyrie can be. And, and we've seen some comparisons being drawn to a certain, uh, well, actually, James Harden has been compared to Dennis Rodman with the private jets and disappearing and shit. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I saw a Reddit post uh, saying, okay, is Kyrie more like Dennis Rodman or Ricky Williams to y'all? I saw that too. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna go Ricky Williams because I don't Kyrie. He's not. He doesn't have that crazy lifestyle Dennis Rodman had. You know what I mean by going out clubbing and partying and beating chicks and just that's, doing. That's more like James. That's more like yeah. James. Yeah. And Ricky Williams is more the quiet, laid back, smoking marijuana. You know, doing his thing, going to the mountains and meditating. I feel like him and Kyrie are more in sync than Kyrie and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I gotta agree with that too. Because, yeah, Kyrie doesn't put himself out there that much in this lavish lifestyle. So, I mean, what? He was on a Zoom meeting with a, a councilwoman. So yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't see James Harden doing that, <laughs> you know? Um, I got to say, yeah, that's a good point, Robbie. That's a good, interesting take. Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, man. So do <laughs> the Nets are, – are the Nets winning a chip? Do they have a shot? Because I don't think so. Um, I'm kind of like with Gabe, you know, I'm a, I'm a little, you know, th- I'm soaking it all in. I, I, I kind of want to see a game or two, you know, under their belts. And, yeah. and the, the question of is, is Kyrie going to come back and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to crack up if he comes back. Like if he's in the lineup, okay, I click quarantine for the seven days or whatever it is. I'm okay now, guys. Let's go play ball. Play. I'm going to laugh. I'm who going pay, to who laugh. takes the last shot? It has to be Kevin, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, right? There's nobody but Kevin Durant. Although Kyrie, Kyrie Irving has a resume that he can technically say, listen, sir, I hit a game-winning shot over Steph Curry. And- They're definitely going to argue about that shit. Yeah. Because Seems you know like James is going to want to take the, the last shot, too. Well, I mean, you know, the interesting thing about it, like going back, Robbie, to the whole part of entertaining you know, Kyrie is – I like to support Kevin Durant gave him. He's like, hey, you know, like, you know, me and obviously KD had said it, it, he respects his decision or he supports his decision. And I think that's good to, to hear, especially in the public light, right? If if KD was like quiet, he's like, hey, you know, well, he's out for personal reasons. He's got stuff going on. I don't know. It sounds like there isn't really much communication between them two. But he, he's like, hey, I fully support Kyrie. That's kind of good to hear from like a guy like Kevin Durant. And then Durant still was hooping the other night, too, so by, by himself. You know, he's, he wasn't distracted from leading the team against the Denver Nuggets out of all teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I I like that from the guys. And then James and Katie have always had a relationship, so, you know, that's fine. And then uh, we're going to see how it works out there. I, for me, in my opinion, I, if this trade was going to happen for Brooklyn, James Harden's got to sit back and basically be the receiver in a sense, right? Really? And you don't think I, that Kyrie would be like the third fiddle? I think Kyrie has yeah. that demand where he needs to have the ball in his hand versus like a Jay. Now, because I think Jay's just had kind of, you know, looking at his lifestyle. Now it's like, look, man, let me just kick back. Let me just. James is a great passer, too, though. I mean, I think they're, they're all great. You know, they can all get together at some point. Defensively, it remains a question. I, I think they're going to miss a little bit of Jared Allen. DeAndre Jordan, you know, he's always going to be a guy that's there. But I think, obviously, the next one or two years, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to need this guy. Um, also, you know, when it comes down to Karis LeVert, they, they they lost Spencer Dinwiddie for the season. So with Karis LeVert, you know, they lose that. So I don't know, man. You sacrifice a little bit of death for James Harden, you better win the championship or get to the NBA Finals. 
Well, you know, they they have some roster spots now. So we got to see how they fill out the roster. They have the, uh, dis- I think they got the disabled player exception or whatever it's called from um, Spencer Dinwiddie's injury. So right. that's a little extra money coming in. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But I I just don't think these guys win the chip. There's too many egos in there. Too many egos and... One ball. One ball. One ball. <laughs> It's true. I, and I, I, again, I want to go back to it. I know we'll talk about the paces, but, you know, shout out to, yeah, for Karis Lever. I like this for him. So, I, you know, that's huge part of the surprise of the trade for him that, you know, we didn't really see coming. But that was big there. Shoot or pass. All right. It is time for the shoot or pass round here. You guys know I will read a statement. If we agree with the statement, we will shoot. If we disagree with the statement, we will pass. First shooter pass. The NBA may need to re-strategize this season going forward with all of these players missing games due to the COVID protocols and the postponement of games. Robbie, shooter pass. Well, it looks like they've kind of already started doing that, although the rules that they added or whatever are very confusing. And look, I'm not... I'm going to go shoot. Um... Whatever is 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 the strategy right now is not working. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I have the answers because, well, this shit is way above my pay grade, way above my tax bracket, and my name is not Robbie fucking Fauci. But the <laughs> NBA went from being super progressive and setting the standard for all the other leagues with a successful run with a bubble in Orlando to situations like what happened to the Sixers, who had to play versus the Nuggets with seven players. They had to suit up Mike Scott, who was injured, to have the league required eight players. And then you're seeing all these other games getting postponed. And then you're seeing guys getting pulled right before games start or even during the game. I mean, we saw that with Bradley Beal. He got pulled out during warm-ups for being in close contact with Jason Tatum, who actually tested positive for COVID. And then going back to the Sixers, uh, Seth Bur- Seth Curry, chilling on the bench, sitting right by Joel Embiid, gets pulled out after the first quarter of a game. What the fuck? I- I- all of these rules that they're implementing – I don't know how effective they are. I'm sure they're trying to mitigate contact and and all this stuff as much as possible, but it's affecting the quality of the games. It's affecting the competitive integrity of the league. It's affecting Gabe's fantasy basketball team, and he's pissed about that. Look, I know people want to get paid, but at what point do you say, you know what, this shit is starting to get out of control. Is it really worth it to keep going on here? I mean, I'm going to shoot. And before you, Gabe, I mean, what? How how would you follow that up, Gabe? Well, with everything, I'm, I'm gonna shoot as well because just the heat. A few nights last night, they had the yeah, play, yeah, play you guys were impacted, yeah. So it's like, how is this going to work? I don't know what the actual mandate is, but like she said, if you have Curry on the bench right next to Joel Embiid, wouldn't that mean he shouldn't be playing either? So it, it's just like a lot of confusion. A lot of inconsistencies. I just feel like they don't have it under control because obviously you're not in a bubble. You can't play a whole regular season in a bubble. So at this point, it's looking like they're the worst league of all the sports handling the, you know, the pandemic. You know, it's crazy. So it's not much to add on to what she said. Everything is I, I agree with, but they got to figure it out. Or I don't see the season finishing because everybody's getting pulled last second. Teams are canceling, postponing. Boston postponed again. So it's like I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, I mean, 
Robbie, that was beautifully put. You're on fire, really, honestly. And um, the only this thing Trey I got me add, hype. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the only thing I have to add on to that is when it comes down to what I predicted, I, I at some point figured that some part of this NBA season has to be played in a bubble. And based on what we know, and there is a vaccine and a projection of July of herd immunity, look, you're going to have to maybe take the second part of this season and finish it in a bubble if it's for a month or two months. At least get the season finished, get the you know the teams ranked. Then let's head to a play-in tournament. Maybe in certain areas in some of these other jurisdictions and cities, things start to look brighter for COVID-related claims and, you know, uh, diagnoses. And they drop down and so significant, let's say in, I don't know, a city like Atlanta, for example. And then Atlanta? we're like, okay. No, don't pick Atlanta. Let's just pick say, another city. Hey, I'm just, I'm maybe just on, trying not to <laughs> jinx them not making the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, yeah, let's just get the point. When you look at all these cities, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> what city, right? At this point, I mean, I was saying that I think that there was going to be a bubble. They've got to bubble up. But the, the smart thing is at this point, let's just kind of play these games out till March, then kind of see, okay, let's bubble up somewhere and try to finish out the season. And then the hopes is if you do have basically this huge decline of positive cases, then we start to let teams trickle back into their cities and play at home, at least play the playoffs in the home gyms, right? Let's try to get that going. And at least because the projection is to finish the season by what, July, right? The end of June, July is the finals. So I, I, that's the only thing I got, really, to be honest with you. I think they might have to condense the season even more. And and like yeah. you said, take the second, you know, maybe do like a like a little hiatus, like during the All-Star break, what would have been yeah. the All-Star break or something, and, and, and right, move right. to a bubble. It, the bubble is what worked. And obviously it's unrealistic to have so a bubble for – 70 you know exactly it's it's impossible even if you do regional bubbles and and you know we one thing that the players and staff talked about a lot is how much it affected their mental health and stuff um you got to go back to a bubble at some point i mean if you want to finish a season out you got to go back to a bubble yeah well i mean like i said i think it's easier to be a month or two in the bubble and then finish like the regular season games versus you know the playoffs and the long grind of july all the way till mid-october for like the heat and lakers you know everybody bubbles up well i don't know they'll figure you gotta figure something out you you, you figure they will but that's hey, I again like you said you know my name isn't chevy fucci so i i don't have much recommendation <laughs> Hey. Who the fuck is Fucci? Is that the great value Fauci? Yeah, that's the great value Fauci. Wow. I got to make it, you know, kind of swag and, you know, make it sound cool. Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> All right, shoot or pass. It is time for Bradley Beal to get the fuck out of Washington, Gabe. Shoot or pass. No, it's no shoot or pass. It's facts. Like, dude, nine seasons of wasted prime. Like, dude, come on, man. Like. And it's not his fault. Well, I mean, he's, he's stuck there. But it's like, make a mess. We saw what James Harden just did. Make a mess. Get out of there. I know that he have been trying to get him out of there, but I don't know how far those talks have went. But it's like, it's not working in Washington, bro. You got to go. And now he suffers some Scott Brooks bad coaching and then the Westbrook effect. I just feel like he's in a really bad spot, and he just wasted his whole prime 
pretty much just scoring every every year. Now, granted, he was injured at the first part of his career a lot, but he's finally been injury free like over the past what three or four seasons, I believe. Like, dude, get out of there, man! You're wasting your time. I'm I'm gonna fucking slam Dr. Ball. Like, I might need to get, like, a stepping stool to accomplish that, but I'm gonna slam dunk the motherfucking ball here. Uh, yeah, Beal's gotta go. And and if I'm Beal, I, I'm watching the breakdown of, of everything that happened today and thinking, you know what? N- I, this is my chance. This is my chance to demand the trade. Uh, Beal is averaging, like, 35 points on 53 0.6% shooting per game. Oh, he has its lowest turnover rate in six years and is doing it for a coach who always looks lost trying to put a fucking lineup together. And we know that we know that Scott Brooks is on the final year of his deal, but even with a different coach, I mean, is this Wizards team a team that Bradley Beal can get to the finals with? No, absolutely oh. not. Not with Westbrook, for sure. (laughs) And it's funny that you mentioned the Heat game because uh, I was reading an article on The Ringer about Bradley Beal and the fact that he needs to get the fuck out of Washington. And according to them, the Pelicans, the Knicks, and the Heat are the ones that have explored the most interest in getting Beal. So, I mean, listen, I would like for us, now that Giannis is off the table, we got to make a move somewhere. Oh. I'm gonna on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot, and I will say this though. My conflict with this is that Bradley Beal chose to sign him. You know the max deal there in Washington. Look, you know if you don't have much success there, I get it. You know you you secure your bag. That's cool and great. But how many times do we have to basically advocate for a guy to get out if he chose to stay there? You know that's where my conflict is. But I, I'll agree. I'll shoot. Get him out of there. Get him on the contender. Um, purple and gold in LA sounds great. Um, no, it doesn't. Way, guys, so it sounds no, it doesn't. Beautiful and sounds Shut great. up. No, it does no. not. Just, just take Kyle Kuzma. Just take Kyle Kuzma, okay? I don't want no Kyle Kuzma in Miami. No, no, no. Are you kidding me? Kyle Kuzma dated um, Tyler Hero's current girlfriend. Do you know how much drama right. there would be in the locker room? We don't need any no, of that. I'm fit. saying Washington. Washington can take Kyle Kuzma. Oh, okay. okay what do they okay, have to okay, lose? Okay. You know, what? they have Scott Brooks, Russell Westbrook. What do they got to lose? You know, they're they're underperforming now. You know, Russell James. Westbrook would make a great <laughs> tank commander. Nothing to lose but games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly, Kate. All right, shooter pass. This season, Nikola Jokic will become the third player ever to average a triple double in a season. Shooter pass, Robbie. I I'm rooting for it. It would be really cool, but I'm gonna say pass. And it's not because of a lack of ability or effort on his part. He's been balling this season, but it's already hard enough to try to sustain a triple double average in a regular season, in a normal season, throw COVID into the mix with the league's inconsistent health protocols, games getting postponed left and right. You don't know if you're going to be sitting next to someone who has COVID. The odds are really stacked against him this season. He has to stay healthy. He has to stay consistent and he'll need his teammates to be healthy and consistent too, because that's where the assists will come from. I mean, he could come close, but I just feel like the extenuating circumstances this season are going to make it really, really hard. You got to love what this man is doing on the court, though. He is just an 
unbelievable player. That Mavericks-Nuggets game last week was so much fun. I'm going to slightly disagree and say shoot. I feel like Jamal Murray has taken a step back after the playoff bubble performances. I don't know if he's injured. I think he has been injured a few times actually this year. Um, but as of right now, Jokic is averaging uh, 24-10-10 and 10 and close to two steals a game. So I feel like he can do it because he's pretty much the offense until Jamal gets back on track. Uh, Porter's out for now, so that's why he's taking on more responsibilities, um, getting those numbers up. Um, and Will Barton hasn't been the same. Gary Harris is kind of fading. So he is the de facto guy on the roster. He's doing every a, a bit of everything. And like I said, I've never seen a big do this. Like, this is usually reserved for, like, uh, point forward players like LeBron and the Luka guys, and even obviously point guards. But I, I say he has a shot to do it because of all the injuries I mentioned and Jamal Murray just taking a step back. So I'll shoot. Yeah, I like both of your points, but I was leaning to the exact same verbiage as you, Robbie. So I'm going to pass on this. I think there's so much stacked against him. I agree with that. Like, we just don't know. Um, I mean, it could help that he sits out a few games if he has to sit out a week or two and not have to play games and sit on the bench averaging a triple-double, and then he gets back in and continues on, you know, to ball out like that. But I don't know what's going to happen this season, so I'm going to pass. <laughs> Skinny Jokic, too, so that helps. Yeah. Wow, Chevy oh. out here playing chess, too. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, I just, I don't know what, you know, it's it's hard. I, I think at some point you think Murray will come you come back alive. You know, I think they got to figure things out, especially losing, you know, Jeremy Grant and just you got Michael Porter Jr. I, you know, there's a lot that has to figure out with that roster. We talked about that. So mm. we shall see. Uh, shoot or pass while having three quality bigs, speaking of bigs, is a good problem to have. The Boston Celtics should flip one of them by the trade deadline. Gabe, shoot or pass? I'm going to say meh. Quality is a stretch. So let's go over these numbers with these crappy bigs, right, shall we? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Tristan Thompson, 8-8 eight and eight over 23 minutes a game. Taco Fall, he doesn't play often, but still, 3-4 and four over 12 minutes a game. The big German, Thijs, 7-4 over 22 minutes a game. My guy, Robert Time Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, 6-6 six and six over 16 minutes a game. All those bums are outdated. Like, that, th- those, the game of those types of guys, it, it's not translating to the NBA in this day and age. So I feel like, yes, you should flip them. But what are they worth? I mean, I don't think much. Like, the game is going in a different direction. None of those guys shoot three-pointers. Maybe Taco Fall can because he's so big and he's lengthy, but these these are not quality bigs. You know, I, I feel like a quality big is a guy who can run the floor and can shoot threes the way the NBA is going. So to say quality is a, is a big stretch. So, yeah, meh. I can't. I can't follow that up as well as Gabe said there. I, I have to agree with him. Um, a little part of me, when when I saw, like, when I got the notifications on my phone about the James Harden trade, was like, ooh, are the Celtics involved in this? Did Danny Ainge pull the trigger finally? Yeah. And he did it. So I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen there. Uh, I, I agree with Gabe 100%. I don't think there's much value for any of these guys. But, you know, it's, I mean, I guess if you can somehow get some sort of value for one of them, then, yeah, definitely flip them. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you guys. But I'll, I'll shoot on the fact of flipping them if you can get something better than upgrade. I mean, I was going to say, Gabe, at some point, like anything that's an upgrade out of these bigs, yeah, you, you flip them. Oh, for so, sure. Agreed. 
Agreed, agreed. Shoot or pass. The Charlotte Hornets need to start LaMelo Ball over Devontae Graham ASAP. Uh, <laughs> Robbie, let's you take this verse. Shoot or pass. I am feeling the balls, guys. I am feel well, I'm feeling this particular ball. Not the okay. other balls. So I'm gonna go shoot because you know LaMelo is balling he's progressing pretty rapidly as a rookie and it's only a matter of time before we see him take the driver's seat right uh, Devonte graham has been looking a little out of his element i mean there's been games where his defense has been suspect and his shooting hasn't been great um i'd like to think that a guy who was regarded as a leader for the team, a most improved player candidate last season should get a few more games to try and shake off this shooting slump and, you know, kind of get back into his groove. Um, but, I mean, maybe coming off the bench as a sixth man suits him more. I think there's value in easing rookies in, but, I mean, Lamelo is outperforming Devontae. And if winning is the objection, I'm sorry, if winning is the objective, uh, maybe it's time to to make that call. At least give him more minutes. Lamelo, uh, at least a start deserves more minutes. I agree with what she says. Shoot, and it's like Devontae Graham. He signed a three year, four million dollar contract. That's not a lot of money. So, it's, so even if you sit him, you're not wasting a ton of money. You know what I mean? He didn't sign a big, massive contract. And plus, the way Ball's playing, he's averaging twelve, six, and seven, twenty five minutes off the bench. Imagine if he's a starter. So I feel like it's an easy swap. You know, how most you know how sometimes when they sign guys right to these big contracts, they feel obligated to play them because of the numbers. This doesn't apply here. Devontae Graham is only making a what about one point three million a season. So it's not a hard thing to just flip them in the lineup and you see where it goes. Or you know, it maybe maybe if if not for Graham, maybe Rozier. But I think Rozier is playing pretty good actually. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Shoot and you know, get him in the starting lineup. I mean, he outplayed his brother a few nights ago and. You know, that was a hell of a game. Yeah, I mean, I like what you guys are saying. I'm going to pass for as of today. I'll pass. The reason why is something is working for Charlotte. They're 6-5. and five. They're 6th spot in the East. They've won four games in a row. Really? So I believe something's working, you know, and I think that if, if LaMelo's coming off the bench and providing that spark, um, you know, Gabe, you know, in that fourth quarter against the Pelicans the other night, was that you saw LaMelo kind of go in and out there, but they kind of already kind of wrapped the game up, you know, about less than a minute left in the, in the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, he was kind of in and out, substitute in and out, and you, you kind of just question a little bit of the rotations and how they were working out. And I, I kind of thought about that too, you know, and it was just like they had him out of the game so late in the game, but if he's he's a playmaker, or if he's, he's making shots, you know, if he's getting the steals, if he's making the right pass, I mean, you want him in the game, you would think, right? But I, for right now, whatever they're doing is working, maybe we'll have a different conversation a few weeks from now. And I think they'll ride Graham until things go south again for them. But I mean, for a team that started off really, really poor, they've really progressed themselves a little bit further in the Eastern conference. Um, and then of course the New York Knicks have, have dropped a little bit um, as we kind of expected there, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, things are looking, things are looking a little bit more normal in the Eastern conference here. Funny how that works out in a week, <laughs> yep. right? Temporary. Good job. I'm excited because the East is going to be more exciting now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Thank, thank you, James. Mr. Harden, thanks for coming over. <laughs> All right, shooter pass. Speaking of balls, the real reason for Alonzo Ball's underwhelming performances is that he is not being used correctly in the offense for the New Orleans Pelicans shooter pass game. 
I wonder who made this show sheet. Uh, I'm going to say shoot. Um, I've stated before, this is Zion's team. I'm sorry. This is Zion and Ingram's team. I feel like those two guys are better than Ball at this point in their early careers. So it's not much to expand on this. I just feel like they get more usage. The team's better off when the ball's in Ingram's hands. He's a better shot maker. He's a better playmaker. And then you got big boy Zion down below bullying cats, you know, just yamming on them. So I feel like, you know, Ball, he even declined his extension. Obviously, it was a joke of an extension to begin with. But I feel like he doesn't want to be there. He was only sent there through the Lakers trade. So I feel like he's out the first chance he gets, you know. So Yeah, shooter pass, Robbie. You know, it's funny, Gabe, that you wonder who wrote this script up because I was also (laughs) thinking to myself, huh, I bet LeVar Ball was complaining to the media and show enough, he was. In fact, he allegedly did so after LaMelo made history as the youngest player to get a triple-double in a win versus the Hawks, saying neither of his sons are being utilized correctly by their respective respective head coaches so i'm gonna go pass because i disagree with that sentiment if lonzo isn't excelling or playing up to expectations at this point i think it could be because like gabe said lonzo is just not interested or expectations were set too high to begin with i'm sorry Uh, i think you know i made the argument that i just made the argument that lamello should get the start soon for the hornets but lonzo his skill set is nowhere near his younger brothers the development of lonzo ball over the past four years well over his four years in the league have been lackluster he's a six six player who cannot get to the rim still cannot handle the ball is a poor free throw shooter and is very inconsistent overall he's like the great value Ben Simmons, and that's all on him. Sorry. Facts. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you, Robbie. I'm going to pass on that as well and echo everything you just said. That That's that's exactly what I was thinking about. Like, there's looking at him play, and, and I, also with you, Gabe, I got to agree. I feel like, to me, he's just he's just not the focal point, he, and he's not he, – there's no reason to. Why would you give him, re, you know, any kind of focus on this offense? Yeah, put the ball in his hand. I mean – this is all Zion. This is all Brandon Ingram. I mean, you got two proven guys. Uh, you know, obviously, Zion didn't win Rookie of the Year, but obviously, uh, most improved player, uh, excuse me, most improved player, Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I feel, I, you know, Lonzo's the first one. He was the first up, right? Yep. He, his dad was hot and heavy out in the media, and obviously that calmed after him. <laughs> he was just kind of like that firstborn that goes through all the hectic craziness and. I kind of feel bad for him at the same time. Like, no, I don't think it's him being used incorrectly in the offense. I mean, even if he goes anywhere else, guys, I don't know. I don't think he he's that talented of an NBA player right now. And you got to be able to shoot the ball. If you can't shoot the ball in this league, that's a problem. You yep. see Ben Ben Simmons and Lonzo Ball are two guys that in the next like four or five years in the NBA, I'm I'm really curious to see where they end up. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, Lonzo Ball is not the focal point in this Pelicans roster, and he's not going to be the focal point on any other team. He could be a good role player, but that's about it for his ceiling. He's not going to be like his brother who could be the star on a team or the foundation on a team. And those comments that LeVar made about him being better than Steph Curry, that did not age well. Nope. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sure did not. (laughs) Shooter pass. Don't look now, but... The best team in the Eastern Conference is the Indiana Pacers. Robbie, shooter pass. 
it's crazy because with the constant lineup changes and then the postponement of some games and then you throw in this little trade into the mix, it's been really hard to determine, other than the Lakers, especially in the Eastern Conference, who the best team is. But I'm going to go shoot here, and and I think that this Mm. gets elevated. This gets elevated with Karis LeVert on the team now because, as we mentioned before, Karis LeVert is an upgrade over Victor Oladipo. The quintessential idol team has looked impressive. I'm not happy about it, but I I have to be a realist like you guys are. A Uh, realist. This is a team. (laughs) I did it, guys. I'm a realist with you guys. Uh, 2021. It's been great. This Indiana Pacers team could potentially have, well, I guess now that Victor Oladipo is gone, I I think maybe Karis LeVert can potentially be an all-star, but I was going to say they could have a couple of all-stars, at least, and DeMontis Sabonis, who has been unbelievable this season. He had like 28 points and 20 rebounds, or was it 20 rebounds or 22 rebounds over the weekend versus the Suns? It was unbelievable. And then you have Malcolm Brogdon, and then you even have a Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Miles Turner, who has six games with at least three blocks and two steals this season. He had like five blocks last night versus the Warriors. That's fucking wild. I can't, I can't hate on that. I mean, I hope that they've come back to earth a little bit. But yeah, it was a uh, yeah, twenty-eight points, twenty-two rebounds against the Suns. Jesus, that, uh, yeah, Mr. Sabonis. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's what that was a um a good trade pickup too. You know when they for the Paul George trade, him and Oladipo, and then they flipped Oladipo for somebody who's a, slightly a bit, a little bit better. Um, maybe an underrated, uh, management of the year. You know, executive of the year. We can you know, uh, for Indiana because they're, they're they're making the right moves and they're stay they're, they've they've stayed relevant. We talked about them in, in the in the pre um preseason uh, shows. Um, especially how they've been relevant. They just need to get over that hump. Uh, Gabe, how about you, man? We'll let you take the floor here for the Pacers, or are they best team? Well, prior to, the, prior to the trade, I had a whole different point to go on, but now um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm going to agree with what Robbie said because everything's true. I, 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 you know, you guys know me. I really love Karis LeVert, and I feel like with yeah. him, this takes this team to another level. So now my only concern is that, you know, Brogdon's having a hell of a season if you've seen his numbers. Now, are they going to bring Karras off the bench? I feel like they should because he can run the second unit, and that's where he's most effective. Because that way you don't mess up the chemistry with Sabonis and Brogdon in the first unit. And, you know, mm-hmm. you off the bench with the second unit. You know, he can run with Holiday, the Holidays, actually, and, uh, you know, whatever other players you want to throw at him. So with this trade, yes, I believe they have a chance to really make some noise in the playoffs. I'm just a really big fan of Levert, as you guys know, and I'm on board with it. Now, before the Levert trade, I was going to say pass because every year this team gets off to a crap. They got to a quiet start, and it's you know it's it's a it's a good start, but every time they get in the playoffs, they lose. So, yeah, yeah. Now maybe this is the year they finally get to the playoffs and get to the maybe second or third round, but it's too early to tell with all the COVID issues and all the injuries and postponements. We really can't make that prediction looking that far ahead. But as of right now, yes, I really like the Pacers. Yeah, and you know what's really hard for me to evaluate this season is, you know, how good the paces were going to be, and then I'm like, okay, let's 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 watch the season, let's see these games, and then like some of their opponents aren't going to be full strength. COVID's going to screw things up, right? Um, you know, it's just 
you can't evaluate them truly in the regular season, which kind of sucks because now, and I agree with you, Gabe. For me, I'm like, look, I know the Pacers can be a great team. Now they get Karis Levert, they can be an even better team potentially. And I love, you know, the roster, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to pass. Um, I still think, you know, obviously Brooklyn, uh, Philly looks to be a little bit on the upcome. Milwaukee is going to be a question mark for me. And I will say this, though. I think Indiana, I favor Indiana over Milwaukee in a seven-game series at this rate. I, I think I like that right now. I agree. I can agree on that. I, right I like I that. I would, I'll, I'll say that. But if you guys look at if you look at the Eastern Conference, though, it, it has really rounded out ex, except the Heat guys. You know, not to knock you guys too much, but we'll Boston. Later. Really, we'll them later. <laughs> yeah, and of, of course, you guys have go, games postponed, so we can't knock you for that. You know, obviously, thank thank you to uh, Boston. You know, they they played ten games. Most teams have played eleven, twelve, thirteen games, whatever. And we were robbed last night too. Don't forget that. Yeah. Part. Well. Okay. All right. Well. Anyways, you know. <laughs> no, but also, long story <laughs> short here. Um, these are the teams, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana. That's the top four right now. Obviously, Orlando, Charlotte's in there for right now. Atlanta's the, um, the, uh, eight seed, uh, Brooklyn still in the seven seed. So, you know, you, we can expect maybe if Brooklyn, they get their shit together from a basketball perspective, they move up, Miami enters back into the picture. So, I mean, Indiana just kind of solidifies himself more to me. Top, top three, man, to be honest with you. All right, shoot or pass. The team with the best bench unit in the NBA this season so far is the Phoenix Suns, Robbie, shoot or pass. I got to say shoot. Uh, to me, this is a no-brainer at the moment. Uh, Dario Saric and, and, the, and the cams. It's funny because Dario Saric and the cams could be like a name of an indie band or something. <laughs> Along with Javon Carter and Langston Galloway are outperforming the Suns starters night in and night out. In fact, um. I saw this little stat that said lineups featuring Sarek and the Cams are outscoring teams 36.5 points per 100 possessions in 103 possessions. I think they're probably the main reason why the Suns are hovering near the top of the West right now. Damn. I had no idea. (laughs) I'm going to say... You're an That's NBA podcaster. Pretend like you watch basketball, please. I'm just kidding. I was going based off hard with all these uh, postponements, though. No, it's, you're it's right. You're right. You're right. But uh, my point was, my point was passed because if you're going based on numbers, the Nets led all the categories in points, rebounds, and assists with Levert and Allen. Obviously, they're both gone. This is based on bench numbers, you know, per game. So, uh, but apparently, it's the Phoenix Suns. Um, <laughs> Robbie just put me on game. But um, <laughs> my uh, my point seems moot now since those guys are gone. And uh, I don't have much else for this one. Good job, Robbie. You, you pretty much laid it out. Wow, Gabriel. <laughs> Again, guys, just so you know, this is the most legit NBA podcast in the game right now. I did say pass because the Nets own the three categories I mentioned. But now they're gone. So, you know, it is what it is. Robbie, I, I look, I, I don't know what else much more that I can say today. But all, all your takes have been... Wonderful, and I'm going to sh- agree and shoot. She's been fine. Um, yeah, she has really been. It's that and- time of month. I'm kidding. Oh, okay, okay. No, it's um, not. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That, yeah, that could go a couple ways, but um, bleep that out. Actually, don't. Well, Who cares? I'm a woman. It happens. Finish. Yeah, it happens. It's life. Come on, let's. 
back to my take though. What we, what what I was saying for you, Robbie? You're right because I'm looking at that roster. I'm like, man, they're going back and forth. They I don't think they've dropped below the third seed this season yet in the Western Conference, and um, so they've kept themselves up there. And I think it's it's huge because you you need that youth, you need that development, and then you have a guy like Chris Paul that can lead you. So when the time the time comes for the playoffs, he'll be there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the I like the I like the Suns. They're they're a great team. They're a good team so far. Um, and I think a team that should probably be a little bit under the radar if everyone's focusing on the dumpster fire. That if everything doesn't work out for the Clippers, Paul George starts talking some more. They kind of just go under the radar a little bit, kind of just like those Spurs teams that, you know, they're just kind of hovering top four, and then all of a sudden playoff time comes, like, oh, shit, this team's for real. So got to agree with that take. I I got a question for you, Cheval, real quick. Mm -hmm. Pull up the NBA standings, and uh, why don't you tell me who is in, what, second place in the West, please? Uh Well, I know that off the top of my head. (laughs) Oh, do you? Oh, well, why didn't you share it with our listeners? For the audience, please. Look, Gabe, she's 11 games into the season bragging about the Jazz being in the second spot. Look, the Orlando Magic are in the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to debunk your theory here. Thank you for clarifying that for our listeners. Thank you. Gabe, you know after tomorrow, like that can be a whole different scenario. Like yeah, exactly. the Golden State Warriors can just, be number four. Yeah, it's crazy. We thought the Warriors just crash. And there's just a, like a little side note here too. Like what's unfortunate that like and I didn't want to see was that I feel like the Western Conference really has been a little bit more competitive in a sense versus the Eastern Conference. But then again, you have the Sixers who postpone games, the Celtics who force other teams to postpone games. So you've had a little bit more basketball in the Western Conference, I feel like. Um yep. Right, yeah, I don't think anybody else has really had much postponement except for Eastern Conference teams. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I mean, teams can go from like seventh seed to the second seed in the Western Conference overnight just because of one or two games. So, again, that's a trend that I think is going to continue. And in in the um, East, it's a little bit different. Well, more games got postponed on Friday. I think there's like a, what was it, the Suns? And I forgot who else. So it's starting to you're starting to see yeah, it out west too. True. Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. I mean, cancel the season. Boston has caused a lot, a lot of damage because yeah, the Magic had their game postponed. They're supposed to be playing on tonight. Um, couldn't play against Miami. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot going on. Shout out to COVID. The Wizards have been are the one. Is that one team that like you play them and then boom? You know what's going to happen, right? And shit. Yeah. Right, like we just witnessed the uh, college football championship uh, a few days ago, and you saw Ohio State was playing Alabama. They were seven and zero. When's the last time a championship team played under ten games? You know what I mean. So, so it's so to the point where you're gonna have teams playing less games, and they're gonna start the playoffs anyway. I feel because it's gonna be hard to keep postponing the games and making them up. You know what I mean? In the time frame you want to finish the season. So yeah. I, I feel like as a result, Alabama's an illegitimate champ. But that's another story for another day. But I feel like if they want to finish the season, they're gonna to have to find a way to get these games played. But I don't, I don't see it being a legit season. So we'll see. We, we so shall to see. clarify, uh, no games postponed tomorrow, but on Friday, Wizards Pistons, which, like I just said, the Wizards are that team that 
Actually, anyway, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> the Wizards have been kind of a dumpster fire themselves for basically getting every other team that they're supposed to play COVID or or contact contract contact tracing. Holy shit, I can't say this. <laughs> and then Warrior <laughs> Warrior Suns got postponed too. So starting to hit the West too. Studs and duds. <laughs> All right, we will discuss our studs and duds so far of the 2020-21 season here as much as we can through 10 to 13 games played and the postponements and the hula hoop of Kyrie and James Harden. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some studs here. The good the good stuff about the NBA season so far. Uh, Robbie, we'll let you go first. Studs. Well, I'm going to continue celebrating the Utah Jazz after 11 games. Being second place out west. And my stud has been a big part of that. The Spider. He had a shaky start to the season, but he's averaging, he's now averaging uh, 26 points on 47% shooting shooting uh 42% from the three-point line and he just scored 27 points last night so I mean I'm gonna rub a little salt here because uh you know a couple of people were talking shit when I mentioned the jazz could be contenders um those are me too (laughs) it's crazy the jazz though I mean obviously this is not very sustainable but the jazz hit 24 three-pointers last night and then hit 25 Last week versus the Bucks, it's fucking crazy. You know, I was actually gonna pick Joel Embiid as my stud. I had Joel Embiid over Donovan Mitchell, but then he carried the ball to send the game uh, versus the Heat into overtime. So, (laughs) you know, she was like robbed us, robbed us. He single handedly (laughs) robbed us. I played great against us and robbed us. So Uh, obviously, my biased ass is not gonna support. Joel Embiid for the of time course. being. So my no. stud is Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, Utah Jazz. Oh my God! What one carry made her switch over? Wow, Gabe. That's right. She's right. She's probably there. Obviously. You go. Obviously, there we go. How about you, Gabe? Who's your stud? Obviously, not Miami. No, no, hell no. I got three studs. Um, <laughs> he's we, hell no. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, it's we, been we, a it's been a weird season for the Heat. Yeah, we'll we'll get to them in the next portion of this segment. Um, so that was a giveaway, obviously. Uh, I have three studs. Karis Avert, we've talked about him forever, so I'm going to skip that one. Lamelo Ball, you know, we've gushed about him as well. The third one is DeAndre Hunter. Most people probably don't know who he is or never heard of him, but uh, he is the second leading scorer on the Hawks team. Now I know they've been falling in the standings, obviously, in this COVID-filled, you know, NBA season. But uh, he scored 15 points in his last 16 games. La- sorry, 16. Last six games. And he's been pretty much the engine of that team so far, which is surprising because you have Collins and Trey Young doing, you know, you would think doing the heavy lifting. So um, I feel like he's been a stud, a quiet stud, obviously, uh, with Karis Avert and LaMelo Ball. Those are my studs. Mm, impressive. Um, You know, I'm I'm kind of going a homerish way in a sense, but I mean, I got to give, I get in my process, my loss, the Los Angeles Lakers, man. I mean, look guys, number number one in the Western conference currently, you know, they have the league high nine wins. Um, quiet, to me quietly, you know, just doing their thing, winning games. I mean, they are the NBA champions. Yeah. They are the defending champs. They are winning ball games. Um, and, uh, 
I, I, I would jokingly say they're studs because LeBron James hits a, a look away three, and then all of a sudden, that clip was then all of a sudden, James Harden decides that he doesn't want to play anymore for the Rockets <laughs> and demands that, hey, I, I, I'm basically he gives up after I had that. Enough. Like, like, yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to joke that James Harden was his career in Houston was, you know, the nail in the coffin was project. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. Was the clip, the clip wow. right? You see LeBron hit the shot. He turns around. They all go crazy. I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, that was, that was hella funny. And the Rockets were sporting their nice blue and red, you know, city edition jerseys of court. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of just the stud of, of the uh, the season so far. I mean, everybody else has kind of just fell, fall in line or just been really underwhelming. So we can talk about the underwhelming part now. Let's talk about duds, Robbie. Who's your dud? Hold on. I'm, I'm just still processing the delusion, the delusional statements you made here. Like... <laughs> Really? You picked the Lakers, the entire Lakers team? I mean, what can we good? expect, Robbie? What can we expect, man? This is who he is. I mean, we're two we're 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 two weeks into the season. I mean, nobody has came out and been so ridiculously good, like impressive to me to say, wow, like they're studs. I mean guys are gonna have good good stats. Guys are gonna come out and, and look nice in ten games. I mean Give me like a couple more weeks and we can maybe have a different perspective on a stud. I like how he said, you know, that was a homer pick, even though he's his home is in Orlando and (laughs) a magic fan. All right, it was a bias pick. Come on. Like you want me to use the word bias? Yes, one hundred percent I wanted you to. So thank you for clarifying that once again for our listeners. And uh, just tell us where our duds are. I mean, just get it over. Just tell this to the Miami Heat. They've been disappointing. Rob, we gotta admit it. Well, you know, they haven't, but 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 I'm not I'm not gonna do that just yet. It's like Gabe said, you know, we're we just started the season. We just started the season. I'm not giving up on my team yet, okay? Oh, now now we just started the season. I'm not giving up on them either, but you got to admit, they've had like 17 million different lineups, injuries, guys, and, you know, it's just a mess. We, we Obviously, COVID is a big issue. We know that. But they haven't been playing the same level of basketball they played in the bubble. That's obvious, right? We can agree on that, right? Well, you can't blame injuries on on. You can't blame that on injuries. You can't call no, no, I'm just saying in general, you have to play a really good defense yes, at all. You're right. Been... They have not been playing great, but that's not my dud. In fact, I want you guys to guess who my dud is. Are you ready? Here we go again. Yeah, we got it. Okay. Are you going to give us a hint like last time? Yeah, I am. I'm going to give you a few. <laughs> Chevy, pretend you're excited. Anyway. Uh, no, I really am excited. I, I, I need the hints, though. Then I'll get excited. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. If this dud of mine had just decided to pull a Ben Simmons and not bother shooting any threes, his team would rank fourth in three-point percentage. But this dud takes the second most three-point attempts on his team, leaving them ranking 19th instead. He made history having the worst shooting start through three games since the 1954-1955 NBA season. In those games, he went three for 14, one for 10, and three for 16, attempted 17 three-pointers, and made none of them. Who's my dud? 
Mr. Kelly. Good. Gabe, you're supposed to finish. Finish it, Gabe. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, wow. You're, you're, you're ignoring say, me. Wow. You're just supposed to say wow. Ubre. So I'm going right, to say Kelly again. and you say Ubre. Ubre. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kelly Oubre. These. <sighs> Anyways, hey, Rob, I did my no, part. Okay, I played along. You okay? did. You did. You did. Uh, I'm sorry. Yo, I don't know if y'all saw the Warriors game versus the Kings from like a week ago, but there was a moment where Kelly drove to the basket, missed the shot, got his own rebound, and went for another shot. Stops to flex, thinking he made the shot in, not realizing he missed again. You look oh. over to the Warriors bench, and I think it was Kent Bazemore. You just see Kent Bazemore in the background diving <laughs> under the bench because he's so fucking embarrassed. Uh, 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 uh. It's been a rough start for Kelly Oubre. Mr. Oubre. Uh. Well, hey, good thing about the good thing for the Warriors, I would say, is that you know they've still been able to hang up there and filing a game over five hundred. My brother, Juan so. Green. Yeah, yo, man, yes, yo, uh, you know, guys. By the way, since we're talking about this, shout out to Draymond. And did you guys catch that game against the Clippers? Oh my goodness, that was a game Round against that was beautiful to watch. Um, I mean, I felt like in the first half, like it was. I was like, oh, the Warriors actually look like a team that can can compete, like in for like as a contender, as I predicted. Then the third quarter comes around, they're down twenty two. I'm like, oh shit! Like, all right, maybe I overreacted. But that fourth quarter was beautiful. Steph, you know, way off P. Uh, Kawhi, obviously, you know, it wasn't much of an impact. So yeah, um, Mr. Ubre, you are lucky you have Steph Curry to save you at this time and Draymond Green. But I think things will come together for him. Gabe, talk about your dud. Yeah, I mentioned the Miami Heat. Uh, you know, like I said, just inconsistent lineups, um, injuries. It's just not much. The defense is lacking. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a weird season for all teams, obviously, but I feel like they're not playing to the level that I, at least I expect them to play at this season based on last season. And obviously a lot of variables play into that, but it's been disappointing so far. I mean, I'm not, I'm not giving up on them at all, like Robbie suggested that I am. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying they're playing bad. You got to call it like you see it because you know what? I'm a realist. There we go. R-E-A-L-I-S. Forget the T. <laughs> um, And unfortunately for the Miami Heat, they do play in the Eastern Conference. So there's always room for the New York Knicks True. to flutter out. The Atlanta Hawks are injured, and the Orlando Magic at, are, are they're injured as well. And poor, poor Markel Fultz. So there's always room for where moving on up. Um, for my studs, and I'm going to share here a stud and a little bit of an overreaction, but I think the Toronto Raptors season um, it's not going to look good for Raptor fans. Um, two and eight. I mean, guys, remember this team was one of the top defensive teams last year. Do you want to know what they're currently ranked in the defensive rating in this season so far, 10 games in? They're at the bottom of the goddamn league. Ooh, wow. They're tied with the Detroit Pistons oh. for 29th in defensive rating. I mean, this is what, and guys, remember, they were a good defensive team. That's because they didn't have, they don't have a superstar player that was keeping them afloat. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it was a team effort and it was a defensive effort. This is one of the biggest disappointments to start the season off and the biggest flops, right? Because 
we all talked about them at least finishing maybe top four, top five in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. I'm going to overreact slash pick them as my duds so far because I don't know if they recover from this. And poor them, you know, if it's a factor of, a, you know, them playing in a different city, completely in a, a different country. Hell, it's a different country they're playing in, different state, you know. So I don't know what the factors are right now, but this team is ugly, man. I mean, I don't think you're overreacting. They didn't sign anybody, and they lost players. So it's like, yeah, this is what happens when those two things come together. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty accurate assessment. Thank you, Sergey. I'm a realist. Word. All right, that is our episode here for you guys. Uh, the James Harden trade has popped off. We have given you our full-blown opinions, coverage, and at the end of the show, as always here, we will wrap up with shout-outs Ladies first, Robbie. Any shout-outs for you this week? I do. I've got a shout-out to a man named Eugene Goodman. Now, who is Eugene Goodman, you ask? He is a black police officer for the U.S. Capitol who Mm. masterfully led the hordes of white racist fucking morons. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me rephrase that. White supremacist domestic terrorists who decided to storm the Capitol and fucking tear shit up and take selfies and steal things and shit and smear shit all over the walls and whatever else they did. Uh, He led this group of people away from the Senate chambers where members of Congress were hiding in fear for their lives, basically. And look, each one of us on this pod, we're all minorities in this country. Gabe is black. Cheval, you're Trinidadian. I am a Hispanic woman, and I can only imagine what was going through this man's mind in that moment. And the fact that he was able to keep his composure and think straight through all of this is incredible. It really is. So, Eugene, thank you. You're a hero. Shout out to Eugene. How about you, Gabe? All right. Well, I got a big shout. Well, it's more like uh, excitement, but I see a shout out. On January 23rd, which happens to be my birthday as well, the UFC returns. Conor McGregor is back for the fifth time. It's a mega fight. So I'm looking forward to this Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor too. And, and yeah, you know, it's going to be lit. I'm, I can't wait to see the rest of the card. I am pumped. And Dana White, as Dana White says that he's going to, he has something for guys who are like, I guess, streaming your stuff illegally. Yeah, good luck, Dana, with that because it's going to be to get around i mean good luck trying to find everybody that's doing that not that i'm doing it. i'm just saying in general yeah, yeah that's, i'm not doing it either yeah yeah that's I gotta say, i'm also excited for this fight because Ooh. i'm tired of watching the fucking promos on the espn app <laughs> like at first it was really cool at first it was funny like they threw in um that eminem song what is it shade guess who's back back yeah. again and then it, you know it's clips of him saying he's sorry he wants to apologize to absolutely nobody like i already know the fucking entire promo from start to finish and it's awesome but like can the fight happen already you think who, who, who do you have winning yeah i'm here right now uh uh dustin poirier really okay first fight was a fluke i feel this time a lot better fighter now this time around he's going to take yeah, you know, Gabe. Um, I, I think that I, you know, I, I feel like maybe I was lost in like some other sports and football, but I feel like the UFC kind of like died off once like football started. 
and then like yeah. there was no like end of year or like beginning of year like fight you know usually that was like the last saturday of the year there's always like at least abandoned cards but like well the reason is because a lot of the big stars weren't fighting it was a lot of like i guess yeah I mean, it's still, so it's like it's a lot of new guys no one's ever heard of and they kind of just cut a lot of people so yeah at one point it was popping then football came and it just took a yeah. back seat completely yeah for sure. Speaking of football, my my shout out is to my my team, man, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the entire roster for giving us our first playoff win since two thousand and three. That is crazy. What Brad Johnson was your quarterback when that happened? Yes. Wow. Was our quarterback. <laughs> Funny how times change, right? Like Tom Brady. Crazy. Tom Brady, man. The guy's good. The guy's really. Oh, you guys good. saw the picture of him and uh, Blanda side by side. The yeah, that's crazy, right? That's it's crazy. ridiculous. Tom's looking, Tom's looking banging, man. <laughs> Poor George Blender. Shout out to Tom, baby. Shout out to Tom. EB12. All right. We got the Saints next. We'll see what happens, man. Either yeah, that's make or break right there. I, I love the matchup personally. I love it. I, I This is what I wanted, so. Chef, chef. All right, to say this. I'm, they're losing that game, bro. Yeah, but you're a hater, so I don't care. I'm not a hater. You see what the Saints did to him the first time? You're a hater. They spread them out of offense. First of all, get a quarterback and then talk to me. Maybe you guys get Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, you can talk. Oh yes, Watson. Oh, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> all right, guys, that's our show to, uh, today. Uh, we have basically uh, lots of you know fun NBA coverage, uh, NFL predictions. Um, shout out to the college football guys as well. Uh, Mr. John Glowatz picked the Bama spread correctly and um, gave you guys a little insight of his expertise last week. And uh, you guys, always, you guys can find us on the web, www.baselinetimes.com, on Instagram and Twitter at Baseline Times. You can find me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter. Robbie Gabe, where can the people find you at? At Robin Hood with an H and a Y on the Twitter and the Gram. Gabe XL across both platforms. Word. Uh.